likes the Wonder Whip. Let's get, well, let's, let's blow it up right away. Right. The black man. He wants one in black, all right? Let's oh, we'll any, any color you want. The black man. He wants the black man. Uh, uh, no. No, Eric. No, not today. Not now. Not never. Yes. He's not a toy. He's trouble. You see the mustache? I asked him to shave that. That's right. Mr. Morehouse, I really don't care. But he is one of our cleaning people, Eric. I want him. He's not for sale. Why not? Because he's a person. Daddy said anything I wanted, anything in the store. I'm Matt, one of your lifeguards, and you're listening to the Pool Scene Podcast. gonna tell god we're gonna say hey god life's unfair you know what he's gonna say tough titty tough titty thanks for joining us again on the pool scene podcast today we will be covering the oldest movie that we've ever covered talking about something that came out 38 years ago way back in 1982 i'm still older than it shit I'm not, thankfully. Uh, Today's movie came out two years prior to the previous oldest movie we covered, 1984's Ghost Breakers. That's right. Ghost Bumpers. I ain't breaking no ghosts. Uh, Ghostbusters was part of season one's deep end season finale referred to Apple Podcasts and Spotify to hear that very special episode. I'm Master Kevin, and also on mic is Master Jim. Jim, how are you? I went to a best department store and I saw a cleaning man and I wanted him to be my best friend. And my mom's like, we can't do that because you can't buy a man. I think there's laws against that. So I ended up with a ColecoVision instead. I loved best because they had the uh, scratch and dent. The scratch and dent. And I, I remember I got all of the toxic crusader figures from best. Best was the re- research best, everybody. It was amazing. You can get 90% off a ding in it the was back like of a the fridge. damp, dark version of a department store. It was very deep-seated. It was, it was like great. Kmart, but way worse. It was, yeah. So before we go any further, a big shout out to those who helped us reach our second milestone, 100 Instagram followers. Yeah. Thank a, you, pool seniors. A modest goal, but you have to crawl before you can walk and walk before you can run. So reaching a milestone means a thank you to the audience in the form of a listener's choice episode. We've done one before Yep. this time, specifically a Christmas listener's choice episode. That's so right. send us your suggestion via Facebook, Instagram, etc., for what Christmas movie we should watch and talk about. And we will spin the wheel. You make the deal. Eight top movies. One will be the winner. Yes. I hate Christmas. So the more fringe, the better. Uh, yeah. better the suggestion in my case jim you may disagree but if there's snow christmas movie if a character wears red christmas movie so once we have the eight <laughs> highest voted suggestions again we will spin the wheel make the deal god i hope it's die hard i hope it's die hard i i would like to do die hard or die hard too but <sighs> mr falcon it's it's almost like played out to me because there's the whole is die hard a christmas movie is it not a christmas movie just that joke is almost like so played out. Yeah, I get it. But I, I get it. Though. I like Die Hard as a Christmas movie. Totally in agreement with the, uh, it's not Christmas until you see Hans Gruber fall off Nakatomi Tower. Damn straight. Again, yeah, whatever wheel the movie suggestion 
lands on, that's what we watch and talk about. And so. we'll do a video again. We'll post it on our Instagram page so you guys know. Okay, enough secrets. The 1982 movie is The Toy, oh. directed by Richard Donner, starring a comedy legend, Richard Pryor. This is an adaptation or remake of a French film, which I have not watched. I did not write the name down. I'm pretty sure nobody watched it. This is a movie that could not be made in 2020 or really any year after 1982, probably. Oh, I just looked at the name of the French movie, La Racism. That's the name of it. Although Soul Man was made in 1986, so maybe that's the line. Maybe 1986 was like, no no, no more of these movies. That movie is another movie that we both watched as a kid and we're just like, what the fuck? Crazy. This one is crazy. And before we get into anything else or before I give you a detailed plot, I'll just say this movie is about a rich white kid who buys an adult black man. Yep. Straight up. That's what it is. So since this is a movie could be made in 1982, Jim, tell us about what the world was like at this time after giving us any budget and box office information. Well, the toy had a budget of $28 million and it made 47 Confederate million dollars right there. It made 47 million Confederate dollars. Chris Hamrick, Confederate currency. One of the worst wrestling gimmicks of all time. We both loved this movie as a kid, but rewatching it again, and we've we've seen it a lot as adults. I feel bad liking it like I did. It's 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 fucked up. It's a fucked up movie. But in light of certain things, here are the news events that happened in and around December the 10th, 1982. The highest temperature recorded in Cleveland history happened. Cleveland recorded 77 degrees downtown cleveland in december so would have sucked i'm a snow person i prefer the cold now we're gonna get a little somber in texas charles brooks jr becomes the first person to be executed by lethal injection in the united states another cleveland momentous occasion cleveland browns quarterback brian sype the head of the cardiac kids sets a cleveland browns club record with 33 pass completions in a game Oh, really? 33 in a game. That's huge. I mean, huge. that's, yeah, back then that was huge. Now you've got a lot of quarterbacks thrown 50 times a game, so. But he completed 33, which yeah. is weird. Still but pretty yeah. good, but yeah, I mean, I think somebody probably does close to that every week now. Yeah, it's very true. Probably uh, Vinny Testaverde did. The number one song in America is a very, I'd have to say, an unknown song. I had to listen to it to remember it. Truly by Lionel Richie was the number one song in America. And the number one movie, now, I will never forget this because I had the really cool, very 3D-esque movie poster. E.T. was your number one movie in America. And then when this came out, this was a number one, the toy was number one for one week. And then people were like, this is racist as shit. We ain't going to see it anymore. So now, ladies and gentlemen, in a brighter, brighter tone, here is your Alan Jackson update for December 1982. People started looking at me different, put me up on this pedestal like I was some kind of saint or something, you know, and I was like, man, I'm just a saint or simple saint. Alan Jackson started to write country music in December of 1982, and that was your Alan Jackson update and all the news you care about in December of 1982. All right, wonderful. So let's work through this one. <laughs> you got that right. Jack Brown is a married man in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Oh, He's unemployed. He's close to losing his home. He has attempted several times unsuccessfully to get a job at the Daily Bugle. With no other options, Jack takes a job as a janitor for U.S. Bates. 
U.S. Bates is a prominent businessman who owns the newspaper, several department stores, as well as other businesses. You, he's got his hand in everything. He's one of those guys. Yeah, pretty much. Jack tax is, write-offs. Yeah, so Jack is fired at this point. Jack's a maid, literally, as a, he's a cleaning lady. Yeah, he's a cleaning lady. A legit hired as a cleaning lady. A lady specifically that they're looking for. So he wears the maid outfit with a mustache. He cl- clumsily serves food at a luncheon to us. He spills soup on his lap and he is fired for having hairy lips. Yes. You're uh, very strong for a little lady and you have a lot of hair on your lip. Mm-hmm. We don't like our waitresses to have hairy lips. However, us's son Master Eric Bates sees Jack in one of the department stores. Eric, the gentleman, would be delighted. His name is Jack Brown. Jack, Master Bates. <laughs> he thinks Jack's funny. So Eric is allowed to buy anything he wants, and he wants to buy Jack. Yeah. You know, so, forget about 120 years earlier, there was this whole thing called slavery, yeah, but whatever. So Eric Bates, he's home for spring break. Yeah. And he lives with his dad for the week, but his dad basically doesn't care so he just he's got this like crazy room in his house all the stuff and he's got you know us's team of attorneys or whoever they are Mm -hmm. and eric's like i want the black man and i love how they have to think that oh is this not illegal that he wants to buy a black man yeah (laughs) i think there's something against it eric he's a person daddy says anything i want anything in the store well, and that's specifically, so U.S. is right-hand man, Sidney Morehouse. He specifically tells Eric, you cannot buy a human being. However, a generous settlement is reached where Jack will live with Eric for one week. Specifically, $2,500 is what they land on. Except in this movie, one week seems like an entire summer. It does. Yeah. It really does. So Jack will live with Eric for one week during his uh, spring break from military school. Jack, however, quits after Eric continuously pranks him. He dumps shit on his head. He every It seems every time he goes to eat, <laughs> he fucks his food yeah. up. He throws him outside with an alarm going off. Yeah. So and, and I think the icing on the cake is U.S.'s wife, Fancy, introduces Jack as Eric's toy yeah. in one of the hu- more humiliating moments. So at this dinner party, he's wearing Spider-Man pajamas and Pretty she's much. like, this is Eric's new toy. Yeah. Jack returns only after he's offered enough money to pay off his mortgage. So Morehouse shows up at his house. They're going to pay him $10,000 mm-hmm. for one week of hanging out with Eric Bates. Jack returns and they begin to bond as Jack teaches Eric the proper way to treat a friend. They ride go-karts. They go fishing. They start their own newspaper. More on the fishing later. <laughs> the newspaper basically exposes U.S. Bates for his cruelty and they release it all over the city. More on the paper later? Yes. U.S. gives Jack a job at the paper. Eric tells Jack he's selling out, but Jack says he has to do whatever it takes for him and his wife, which is true. Jack and Eric sabotage a party at the Bates estate. The party is, and this is something I, I we talked about while we watched this that I didn't understand as a kid, but essentially the party is thrown in support of the senator. And the prominent guests there are unaware that the KKK is also there. There's several members of the KKK, including the Grand Wizard. So Jack learns... Not in clan outfit, though. No, they're not. not no, they're, they're undercover. Would have been something. Yes. Uh, Jack learns the purpose of this party is actually for the senator to take a picture with the Grand Wizard of the KKK. Senator, why don't you meet a friend of mine by the name of Clarence? Let's get the senator. 
So that U.S. Bates can use the picture for blackmail. Mm -hmm. Never understood that. No, because it's not really brought through at all. No, when I was a kid, I was just like, okay, Jack and Eric are going to just drive around and... No, as a kid, we see his room and go, I want all that shit. That's all that matters. Yeah, so they're going to screw up this party. Yeah. After Jack's toy duty is over, he goes home. On the way to the airport, Eric tries to have heart-to-heart with his dad which is not reciprocated. Eric escapes. He runs to Jack's house, which I don't know how he knows where Jack lives. Jack tells Eric. Yellow pages, man. Those existed. Jack tells Eric he can't stay there and to give his father a chance. U.S. arrives to hug Eric, tell him that he does truly love him, and as they depart, U.S. tells Eric that the following year, he'll have a week at home and a week with Jack. I would love to have seen a sequel where Eric just hangs out at Jack's house. That's great. That would be a great movie. That would be really cool. It would humble him because yeah. if you look at where Jack's house is situated, it's literally in the worst area of town. There's a Packard Electric across the street that's abandoned and then a roll of abandoned Winnebago's. That's yeah. all this. The house doesn't look like a house. No, it's a weird house. It's so strange. It's just weird. Yeah. But is he going to pay him that next year? Probably not. No, they gave him the job at the paper. Yeah, so that's your salary. Yeah, he got his 400 a week and a job at the paper. I guess if you get a week off, maybe it's not all that bad. Yeah, not bad. Well, and Jim, unless you have anything else to mention, let's get into the characters. Richard Pryor as Jack Brown. Richard Pryor, legendary stand-up comedian, one of yeah. the greatest ever. I learned something else you told me today. I did not expect that Richard Pryor did. Do you want to talk about it? Fucking do it. Richard Pryor and his widow confirmed this as, you know, this was alleged by Quincy Brown, but his wife... His widow confirmed Richard Pryor slept with not only many women in the 70s, slept with many men in the 70s, including Marlon Brando. You want to sleep with guys? That's cool. You want to sleep with women? That's cool. But Marlon Brando, you don't expect a godfather. Hey, Richard, let's come up to my bed and sleep with me. I mean, that just blows my mind. Marlon Brando? Yeah. Jarrell? Yeah. Richard Pryor, aside from, you know, being... On a lot of drugs and oh. setting himself on fire. Cocaine, yeah. He, uh, legendary stand-up comedian. He did several movies. What do you think his most iconic film role is? Now, to me, growing up, I loved him and Gene Wilder yes. were best friends. That's what I think. So I loved him in Silver Streak. He did uh, Hear No Evil, See No, see no Evil, Hear No Evil with yeah. Gene Wilder. I'd say those. I would say that. By far. I would say that's his most iconic role is the stuff he did with, um, with Gene Wilder. Mm-hmm. Was not in Willy Wonka, unfortunately. Oh, God. He uh, could have been the grandfather with no eyes. <laughs> Jackie Gleason as Ulysses, U.S. or you ass. That's U.S. Not U.S. Bates. <laughs> Scott Schwartz as Master Eric Bates, and he went on to work in porn. And he ended up masturbating on camera. Yeah, both in sex- Not in this film. Both but- in sexual and non-sexual roles. It's a little, I've never seen any of his porn. How can you masturbate non-sexually? Well, he just clinical. He had like speaking roles and acting roles in porn movies. And I think he did that for a while. And then he was like, I'm just going to do the porn. Hey, I'm here to help fix your cable. But this other guy's going to come in and fuck you. <laughs> Ned Beatty as Sidney Morehouse, who is an alcoholic. Teresa Ganzel as Fancy Bait. She's interesting. Oh, very. Wilfred Hyde White as Barkley. That's about it. I think that's all we need to mention. Oh, I got a good one. You forgot. Who? The Nazi assistant. Oh. Who? I was today's years old. She always came across like a Nazi. 
But she all she ever wanted to do was have sex with Jack Brown. Well, we probably remember her as a Nazi because Jack Brown calls her Fraulein. Fraulein all the time. And then when he accidentally opens up her room, or Eric does, yeah. she is watching Hitler's speech to the Reichstag. I, yeah. Never, never noticed never that. Never noticed that. She. So weird. confirmed Nazi. Yep. Except loved to want to fuck Jack Brown. So that's your best performance, your best character. Is- she played a good dual role. <laughs> she was like, oh, I, w- I want to take you in the bathroom and I want to wash you and I want to jump your bones. And all of a sudden you see her fucking going full Nazi. She's yeah. crazy, but not her in all seriousness. I love Ned Beatty in this movie. No, okay, please. No, Mr. Brown, please. no, the answer is no. The kid needs a strength. Oh. He doesn't need me. I agree with you. Uh, Mr. Brown, I, I take a little something so I can sleep and, and tonight I took two. He is the fucking whipping boy throughout this whole movie. He hits the bottle. He had to fire a guy because U.S. slash U.S. baits because he had sweaty hands. Yep. It's sweaty, sweaty hands. hands and he fired and he justifies this by saying like he something like he had the audacity to shake his hand uh, to let mr geffren head of accounting go why he's pushy eric he ins- insisted on shaking hands with your father so what he has very sweaty hands very sweaty hands your father said Get rid of him. And have sweaty hands. It's like he told him to drop his pants in front of Jack and Eric, and he, he did, did it, it to save his job. It's, oh, man. Times are tough. I'd probably I'd probably go out like that in one of these. I'd drop my pants boys now for, for a $10 bill right now for Christmas and shit like that. <laughs> my actor or actress that gives a passable performance is Wilford Hyde White as Barclay. Because I was employed by an English law. Lord who, sir? A fellow called Lord Cavendish. Now, he met this fellow, Bates. Met him in the theater queue somewhere. Don't quite know where. But they were talking to each other, and it turned out they were both gamblers. So they arranged to play a game of billiards. Just so, he's so weird. It's so their butler is really too old to really he's 800 years old he's methuselah yeah he's really too old to do anything in the whole movie you do not see him without a drink in his hand no, he drinks martinis yes repeatedly throughout this movie very dirty martini. the most animated he gets is when they're interviewing him for their newspaper the toy yeah you find out he was won through a game of pool this is a theme yeah he, he bought him he bought jack yeah so u.s won him in a game of pool very much like uh, against lord cavendish yeah like uh what's the almost famous where the group never saw it um really i never saw is that cameron crow yeah it's cameron crow yeah, based on it. real story based on a true story and uh the groupies are bought and sold in card games uh but it's yeah pretty neat that's what it reminds me so of. where cameron crow got his idea okay so best scenes let's find out which scenes made a splash oh go first jack knocking over the dominoes i may be a bastard mr bates but i don't see- I'm going to kick you. Mr. Bates, two five is fine. Two five is real excellent. Who the fuck has a domino? He not only has it in his house. He has it in his office yeah. in his tower. So in U.S.'s office, when uh, he's negotiating with Jack about a price to come in and be the toy, 
He's got a huge domino set up, which Jack knocks over. I'm pretty sure this happens three times in this movie. Yes, he knocks Be- it over three times. Yeah, three different times, you know, at the office, at the, you know, everywhere. Now, I don't know if you had this as a kid. A lot of pool sceners out there, maybe you guys remember this. Remember Domino Rally? Yes. Same concept. You yeah. set it up, you knock him down. Who, especially at, in real life, Jackie Gleason is 66 years old when this movie was made. Who has that kind of patience to set up? It's not just your mundane no, for domino a, for setup. For a multi-millionaire or a very rich person, it, dominoes seem like a very weird hobby. That's why I don't get A slight breeze knocks him down. You close the door. The yeah. shutter could knock him down. Yep. Why? Because there's no such thing as a heavy domino. Yeah. Now, I've played dominoes with my dad when I was younger. They got some heft to them, but not enough for if you knock a, something down onto the floor, the whole damn thing's going to go. No, it's weird. But I, I think it's funny. I think it's funny that that's his hobby and that they just like keep going to that. They knock over the dominoes three times. Like they, Richard Donner was like, we're going to get dominoes. We're going to knock them over three times. Also, there's the amazing painting of Fancy Bates behind his desk in his home that has a button that just removes her clothes. Yeah, that's also one of my, my best scenes. I remember that more so from being a child. Get the button in the left of the desk drawer. Where because you see tits and bush. Yes. So U.S. has a <laughs> a very large painting shrine to his wife behind his desk. As Jim said, when you press the button, her dress like slides kind of behind the painting yeah. and disappears, revealing her nude. Yeah. Which <laughs> Why? is interesting to have. So does he like like we brought up? Does he toss off to the picture of his own wife? Or Eric knows where the button is. Did Eric? Maybe it's for showing off. Hey, you want to check out my wife? Check yeah. this out. Maybe that, that's kind of what But her breasts think. do not equal up no. to what she's no, dealing with the like flops. Fake softballs on the on the picture. Now, full disclosure here, pool sceners. Kevin got me a photo just like that, but it's of Mama Fratelli from the Goonies, mm-hmm. which is very disgusting. <laughs> but I appreciate the sentiment. All right, Jim, what do you got? I have where Jack is discussing the birds and the bees with Eric. Yeah. Do you mate a lot? What? Animals mate. Well, you know, go to bed, make it. What's none of your damn business? What's it like? Jesus, doesn't anybody talk to you like your father? What do you do with your, uh, thing? What do you do with your, is this a hypothetical question or is there a lady involved? Makes no sense, because Eric has no idea about anything because he never got the talk that we both got. No, he's nine and essentially. Suppose, well, nine, real life 14. Yeah, and he has an absentee father. Yep. Who pays him no attention. And that's, that's really the that's whole the idea behind this movie is like, he doesn't specifically want a black man. He specifically doesn't want, he just wants a friend. He wants to irk his father. And they could have just called this movie, I need attention, because that's all it is. He just wants, and Jack even brings it up, that he needs to see a psychologist. Yes. Because the issues he has with his, he's had no mother. His mother's never mentioned. 
So we don't know if this is fancy as U.S. Bates' 50th wife because it sure as hell comes across it. But yeah, when it's, he, well, exactly. It's sad. After the first day, Eric's like, I want to go home. Put me on a plane. I want to go home. I wanna, or not home, but back, military school. back to military school. Because he probably has friends there who he can talk to. U.S. is home, but not in like meetings or anything. It's just Eric is going to need years of therapy. Tons. Even if his dad, at the end of the movie, like... There appears to be some light at the tunnel, light at the end of the tunnel that his dad's going to spend some time yeah. with him. It, it's just, he's, he discloses to Jack that he has a thing for a girl at another prep school. Cause the military school he goes to is all male at St. Mary's is this girl named Megan. And he's like, I don't know how to express myself that I like her. And Jack is very, you know, very fatherly. Like, Hey man, just be honest with her. If you like her, show her that you're interested. Eric has no idea. Like he asked Jack, what do you do with your wife? What do you do with your thing? And quite honestly, Jack is wearing short enough shorts. I'm surprised this thing isn't hanging oh, out. Oh, yeah. Eric probably could just look at it. So, okay. Here's a serious question. Did you ever ask your parents anything about that? I got, when I was 13 years old, my dad, where place to have it, took me into the bathroom. I have to talk to you about this. And I knew where it was going because my parents got married when I was eight. And there was a while where when it clicked and I'm like, my parents are having sex and it completely fucked my head up. <laughs> Because my bedroom was right next door. Yeah. And I'm like, if I hear any noise, I know my, my dad just railing my mom. It gave me the actual spiel. Like, you know, you, sometimes you get these feelings and you want to express them. And here, what this, this is what a condom is. And wow. Yeah, I got the How whole. How long of a talk? It's probably an hour or so. Oh my God. An hour. <laughs> it's probably an hour. Wow. It was awkward as shit, but I learned a, a lot. He gave you a pamphlet that he wrote. He gave me a pamphlet he, still, he wrote. He and I watched, have it. I watched Skinamax that night and I was like, ooh, okay, I get <laughs> he it. He said, you know those channels 500 and above? <laughs> yeah, you ever watch Nightcap? <laughs> uh, I never got a talk, but it was not really necessary because i had a brother six years older than me yeah so my cousins were five and six years older than me so it was like they kind of spoiled it you know they uh you just figured it out sort of from yeah you know and uh yeah it's it, and you wonder now how that all goes down because porn on the internet now i do have a funny story that i don't mind divulging i will never forget being in middle school i was in sixth grade so i was about 12 years old his parents were gone it was like a sleepover me greg and my buddy ian he pulled out his dad's guitar case full of porn it was loaded with porn i've never seen desperado never seen porn in my life he puts a porn in we're watching it and the guy is finishing on this girl i didn't know what that was so i thought it was pee yeah so i remember going guys Oh, he's peeing all over her. And I had no idea. I didn't know it was jizz. And then they tell everybody at school. So I'm walking down the hallways at school going, hey, Sabella, he's peeing all over her. <laughs> I never heard the end of it for two years. Yeah. Because I never saw porno. On, uh, on Big Mouth, on Netflix, the animated Nick Crawl, Evan Goldberg show, the porn that all the kids pass around is the Sylvester Stallone porn. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, it's funny. Uh, maybe we'll review that. Yes. Let's watch that. Yes. What's uh, your next one? Uh, my next one is riding the dirt bikes around the party. Yeah, it's a good one. It's just all these rich bureaucrats, you know, dressed to the nines, this themed Southern party. Yeah. And here's Jack and Eric. 
on go karts, on go karts and dirt bikes, just knocking the tents down onto these people, pulling off all the food off the table. They sabotaged the picture. Yes, they sabotaged the picture that U.S. Bates was in. He used blackmail, and then it ends with oh. U.S. Bates driving his go kart oh. into the or his uh, golf cart into the swimming pool, and he just sits there. Yeah. That's a big law. You know what? Fuck it. Let's get into it right now. He thanks Jack after this scene for saving his life. Can't swim! He sat there in his go-kart underwater and called him a son of a bitch. Well, it's it's weird because Eric Eric loves his dad dearly and wants and wants his dad's attention more than anything. Yeah, that's all he wants. Discussed. So Eric sees his dad in the bottom of the in-ground pool, not struggling at all, just sitting in a go-kart. Yeah, and or in a golf cart, and he ends up pulling Jack into the pool, who can't swim, who can't swim, but rescues him, pulls him out. You could have, he could have crawled out of the golf cart on top of the golf cart and been above water. But no, he saved his life. And that's what brought Jack, U.S., and Eric even closer. Yeah. Even though he basically ruined U.S. Bates right there. And, and there. so we didn't talk about Jack's wife at all. Yeah. She's a foxy lady, according yes. to Sydney Morehouse. Jack's wife, a foxy lady, is what. And Jack says this, that U.S. would refer to as a pinko. She's a communist. Because she, her whole deal. You know who she, she's AOC. Yeah. She's basically a socialist. She wants to bring down. Community action. The energy plants and bait specifically. The machine. She wants to bring down the machine. So they are like present at this party because they knew the KKK would be there. Yeah. She's a member of the local clan watch. Yes. But they're like across the river watching this and, you know, they're cheering Jack on. That's a nice touch. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so my next one, once again, the frow line, we have two separate things. The bathtub that when they go into Eric's bathroom, which is literally his own bathroom. Yeah, it's like the size of an apartment. It has portholes. It's set up like a ship. There's model ships. There's a, a fish tank in his bathroom. There's a fish tank. Like built into the wall type fish it's tank. It's crazy. And right off the bat, the frow line Nazi, who is a fucking Nazi, is obsessed with wanting to fuck Jack. She wants to just bang his brains out, but she is like, hey, you need to get out of here, Eric. This is your bath. Get out. Get out. Then all of a sudden, Jack and Eric just jump into this giant bathtub, fully clothed, absolutely fully clothed and have a water fight because why not? Not weird. Yeah. Play that. Play the thing that uh, Jack says. He he says starring Eric Bates, that thing. Oh, it's great. Listen to this. Eric, you're too late to be with another naked man. Right, she shouldn't be with a naked man. But I busted you! <laughs> Here we go! Stand it! Oh my god! Oh, oh, Mr. Bates! Came from the top, starring Eric Bates as it. I like you, Jack. Yeah, just really, really odd. It's Jack. Jumps in the, the bathtub. from the top. Yeah, with, with Eric. It's really weird. And then a little bit later in the movie, Jack is dressed as Spider-Man. Yeah. And Eric is mocking him, basically saying everything that Jack's saying. 
He opens up Fraulein's room. Oh, hi. I want my clothes. Mr. Brown, yes, now sit down for a no, minute. Listen to me. Listen, I Mr. Brown, they're in the dryer. I know. And they're all have... wet. Yes. Now tell me something. What? Are you brown all over? Oh, Mr. Brown, Wait. you can talk dirty if you like. You can even call me I'll jump on top of you. Oh, how disgusting for him to force himself into my room. Go to bed, you know, she's wearing a nightgown and she tries to seduce him. Like, ooh, let me take off your that clothes. Thing, let me jump your bones. It happens so fast. It's so it's fast. Jack just accidentally opens her door and she instantly, it's like she's been sitting there waiting by her door for Jack to come in. But this is what I don't understand. She's a Nazi. She's a straight up Nazi yeah. and wants to bang the hell out of Jack. Yeah. yeah. But she wants to fucking blow his Jack. Come here, let me show you my SS tattoo. Yeah, it's just a, this movie is so fucking crazy. I don't even know what to say, but it, it's the frown it's, line. It is bizarre. This and yeah, it's it's everything. Like the the whole theme of this movie is just like everyone needs therapy. This movie was not co-written by Richard Pryor, was it? He might have been a big enough star to where he had some input. Because what was he the, obviously was was improvising some of the. What the was scenes. the quote you said uh, that he would fuck a, an engine if it had cocaine? Oh. <laughs> His widow said he would fuck a radiator and then mail it flowers or something. <laughs> it's like, good Lord. Yeah. I love Richard Pryor, but that's my other one. Yeah. The last thing I had was just the, uh, the toy department. One wheel. This is great. What's dangerous about? Doesn't work. That's why it's dangerous. When Jack, even though he gets fired as a cleaning lady, he gets hired as a janitor in the store, which is what he should have been doing all along. Yeah, I don't they get it. They could have just written this differently. But he what doesn't make sense fired. is they fired him, but they hired him to do the cleaning in the store, which exactly. makes no sense to me. So while he's in the department store, He's playing with the wonder wheel and he's playing with all the toys and not cleaning. Somehow he doesn't notice that Eric and like nine lawyers and a guy who looks like president Richard Nixon. Yes. Who saw aliens with Jackie Gleason. So that's right. Circle. They refer to our, our after hour special from this mm -hmm. season. It's a, it's a good one. Yeah. He's just playing with all the toys in the department store, but it's so cool. You see this like in television display oh. and all the Barbies and you see all these. It is early 80s very toys. similar. If you would have gone to like a JC pennies or Kaufman's. Yeah. You go on the second floor and that's sort of like not the biggest toy department, but the biggest things you could have in that day, in that period, it would be there. For double the price of the other places. Yes. But why would you, you would never have a giant wonder wheel and a very small sign that says don't touch. You know, kids are going to try to get on that damn thing. Okay. We, uh, we need to get Jack in all of his clothes and Eric in all of his clothes, not out of the bathtub, but out of the pool. Pool check. All right, it feels nice to get back to music videos. It feels like it's oh, been a while. I missed it. It was uh, like a, it's a nice warm blanket. Originally, we were a uh, movie and music video podcast, but again, we, we've evolved. We've been clear that we were always going to do the available years of music videos. And then after that, you know, we we'd do other things. Like last week, we did discontinued fast food so items. Fun, so and we've fun. got a lot of great feedback from that. I Thank actually, you very much. yesterday, maybe the day before, I drove by. The world's most magnificent McDonald's that we talked about. <laughs> Still have not yet received a McDonald's pizza box, Kevin, and it's almost Christmas, everybody. Come on. <laughs> Post-COVID, I'm going to that Mac magnificent McDonald's. There's, I researched it. The only one you can get pizza at is in Orlando. Oh. 
That's it. The one in West Virginia closed. They stopped doing it in 2017. They closed. They're the only McDonald's ever to close. (laughs) McDonald's doesn't go out of business. They just move. No, they just move. Because it's not like, well, they weren't getting much business and they failed. (sighs) I went to on a, um, when I was wrestling, I wrestled in, I don't even remember, somewhere West Virginia, but like a real, real West Virginia town where everybody in the town was at the show, which was in like a truck garage or something. Anyhow, when we were at this, this West Virginia town, you know, just middle of nowhere as part of a tour, they had a McDonald's, they had a Dollar General. Yes. Which are like the two places that would be standing after the apocalypse. All right. Did you want to go first with 1982 music videos or would you like me to go first? Kevin, you go, my friend. All right. My number five. Bertie Higgins, Key Largo. Oh, yes! Baller-ass fucking video. Five seconds in, we have Bertie. Yacht Rock! Leaning on a post, smoking. Then he's just hanging out with a hot babe on a boat, walking on a beach at sundown in paradise. Such a great video. I mean, it is like, it's Yacht Rock, Boat Rock, just summed up in this video. Oh, I love Bertie Bertie Higgins. Smoking, drinking, Ugh. hanging out with the hot babe. Looking like Kenny Loggins. Yep. It was awesome. Why was there never a Loggins and Higgins concert? Oh Pretty my cool. God. Yeah. So good. Everybody, please enjoy Key Largo. The video is fantastic. My number five is a very, very underrated band and a very, very good music video. ABC Poison Arrow. I love Poison Arrow. It's I a, don't know it. It's such a shoot that poison arrow through your heart. Martin Fry is an amazing lead singer. This video, I love it. It's very, this is almost around the time of, you know, when Madness was catching on, you know, ska, but this is almost English beat type music. Yeah, a lot of that at this time. Very new wave, not really new wave per se, but it had such a unique sound. And then videos, we all agree, everybody, we can talk about it. Videos in 1982 were as basic as basic as you can get. There's not really many themes of it. Most of the time, it's just, the band on tape. Yeah, it was like a creative way to show the band perform. Yeah. Which some of these on my list is that. Yeah. And then there, there might be a little bit of like a side plot. Now, like with this, there there is a side plot. It's, hey, it's a jaded woman. You know, shoot that poison arrow. You know, you, you did totally wrecked me, but I still have a thing for you. Once again, not the greatest video, but I think Martin Fry is the lead singer of ABC is very underrated. ABC did a lot of great songs around this time. But Poison Arrow is my number five. Okay. My number four, Haircut 100, Love Plus One. It's the band. Again, they're performing in front of a volcano in like a jungle. Oh, it's such a great song. But it is an amazing song. It To me, this song is like very modern. Mm-hmm. Like I would almost say like it probably was influential to a band like Vampire Weekend or something. There's just this, you know, evolved sound that... You know, that uh, English beat and English music brought in the early 80s that inspired a lot of like indie bands now. I can always, if you go on YouTube, I've watched this video several times and they also, we had our American Bandstand show where you'd have like the big bands come on, do, you know, their sets, pantomime, totally, you know, nothing plugged in. In England, they had Top of the Pops. Yeah. I've watched their Top of the Pops performance and it's ridiculous. Our mutual friend, who I've said for, oh my God, 15 years now, Kevin Sturdivant, shout out to you, Kevin, who I think looks like Nick Hayward, the lead singer of Haircut yeah, 100. This is such a great song. I love it. They have favorite shirts. That's another great song by Haircut 100. Great pick, buddy. So my number four, one of the ugliest fucking bands of all time, but man, they could sing and sing and sing Toto Africa. Okay. The lead singer of Toto, Total Chud. 
total chud. Now, this is a good time to talk about. My number three is Toto Rosanna. Oh, we got so Clash. They're a very ugly band. And in, in the Rosanna video. But it's not about Rosanna Arquette, Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. Even <laughs> though the keyboard player was dating her at the time the song was written, it's not about her. But it's a different lead singer in that video yeah. compared to Toto but of Africa. In Rosanna, there are so many face close ups of huh. this band. They had the like mullet, skullet, 82 style hair. And then they all were like mustachioed men and they were all very unattractive. The girl in the music video, we covered one of her. Oh, she was a girl that got the uh, backroom abortion and dirty dancing. Yeah, in Rosanna. Yes. Yeah, the girl in the video. And the, the subplot in that one, because this is the band performing behind a fence in mm -hmm. like Skid Row in New York. And then the subplot of this video is sort of like West Side Story, maybe. And then Africa is basically done in Sir David Attenborough's office. Just all the random shit. Toto was such a great band. If you play Africa now, Africa got a resurgence within the past five years. Like when I DJ, you play Africa. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You're singing Africa. It, and like the Weezer cover is not going away. I thought that from, cover sucked. Uh, people love it. And they, they are out of their I mind. Think they just now made a music video for it. It's just never going to die. Uh, I'm sorry, everybody. I'm sorry. I love Weezer. Listen, love Weezer. Blue album was great. Love Buddy Holly. Sweater song. Their cover of Africa sucked. I'm sorry. Personal was opinion. A, wasn't that a whole covers album that they did, I think? I don't know. Yeah, I think they did a whole covers album. Any Maladroit fans out there? My number three, then, would be another very underrated band, Golden Earring, Twilight Zone. All right. Twilight Zone, I always associated with sports because it always... George Michael's Sports Machine. It sounds like instrumental to this song would be great. Also, I, I like that you dropped in the George Michael sports machine sound effect in the last week's episode here's a little editing behind the scenes so i was able to find one entire episode of george michael sports machine it's a 30 minute long episode and like we've talked about the laptop i use to edit is 10 years old so it takes time in order for me to download that file it took a good five minutes to download that file to use a five second well, clip. first world problems very uh, big time 10 years prior, it would have taken five hours. Pretty and much. And 10 years prior to that, it would have taken five days. That's right. You use your uh, dial-up modem. But Golden Earring, Twilight Zone, number three. Okay, my number two. Surprising that it's not my number one. It's Chicago, hard to say. I'm sorry. Oh, fuck. I forgot about this. Yeah, performance video with every effect that 1982 in the budget would allow. <laughs> They've got like a whole Owen Mills throwing some digital lasers. Those and paintings in the backgrounds looks like those paintings you would see at a salon. And none of those effects could distract you from Peter Cetera's facial expressions. Looking like Ellen DeGeneres. His facial expressions somehow are more distracting and mesmerizing than all of the digital lasers and digital <sighs> effects that they're using. The Chiron machine in this At video. this rate, it is entirely possible that Peter Cetera might end up on our honorary lifeguard wall. It's possible. Yeah. Because Jesus, God, look at Peter Cetera. He looks just like Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah. It's crazy. That's why. That's like, We're going to put him on the wall for looking like Ellen <laughs> yeah, we, have a, we have a Hall of Fame wall, and then we have a looking like Ellen DeGeneres wall. And he's the first inductee of the looking like Ellen DeGeneres wall. Oh, Jesus. He's got a great voice, too, man. It's, Chicago is a different time in 82. This was a number, That was a number one song, and they changed. Speaking of a number one song, my number two, who can it be now? Colin Fry, 
Men at Work, The Lazy Eye. Yeah. Weirdest music. It's a weird music it video. It is a very strange video. It's a very strange music video. It was a call to arms about what the hell is going on in Australia in the early 80s. Besides ACDC, a lot of people think ACDC was an English band. No, they're an Australian band. Colin Fry, in the early 80s, you can get away with not being so photogenic on music videos. When we get into the 90s, you come across like CNC Music Factory. They don't allow their lead singer to be in the video because they are not video ready, a.k.a. you're fat and ugly. We don't want you in our music video. Colin Fry, probably the most famous lazy eye next to the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, yeah. let's be honest. Dude can sing. Men at Work were a great band. Great they had a too. lot of great hits. Their favorite song, probably mine, is probably It's a Mistake. Love It's a Mistake. It wasn't their most popular song. This was their most popular song. It's just a weird video. They exploit everything about Australia you can think of. Kangaroo, Vegemite, Australia, number two. So in 1982, you could look whatever. As yeah, long as you matter. were talented and good, whatever. And then by late 80s. Yeah, 88, 89. You didn't fly anymore. No. Nope. Because they would replace you with somebody who looked good. You and, can sing. We'll put this model in place of you and they yeah. can pantomime your voice. But now it's still sort of like that. And not necessarily like, even though videos are kind of passe not now, not like you can't be fat and sing or you oh, Lizzo. Well, right. Or you can't be this or you can't be that. But now it's kind of like your talent has to pardon the pun outweigh yeah. any of those things. So if you're a very hairy person or a lazy eye or, you know, you're bald, I mean, bald might be the biggest offense because yeah. it's like when Br Brandon DiCamillo from Jackass was going to get his own show and they were like, you got to wear a hat because you're bald. When it tastes my jungle style, yeah. jungle style, I give it to you now. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's some that still exist, but anyway, so somebody that was a little, just a little weird looking my number one, Eddie money shaken. Oh, when you such, told me about this, it's such on. a bitchin fucking coked out video. It's like cocaine, the music video. It's like Eddie robbed every yuppie on Wall Street and snorted a bunch of rails the size of skis. He looks like a drunk stepdad at a Little League game where his kid doesn't even play. <laughs> That's the most weirdest yet very particular analogy. He's like, in the middle of the video, it's like he's going to turn to the cameraman and be like, got any, got any blow? Got some blow? And the crazy thing is, how many times did Eddie Money play McMenemies? Yeah. I lost count. McMenemies is a banquet center that is no longer there. In Niles, that is now being turned into a, a, a weird church thing. I can tell you lots of stories about McMenemies. Same here. I when DJed there. I was in elementary school and middle school. I'd go to the teen dances. Kids would huff the, uh, the smoke out of the smoke machine. Mm -hmm. And that was always a fun time. Kids would like leave with super bloody knuckles from playing quarters. I did a wedding there in a DJ booth that had so many electrical violations. I thought I was going to die. Yeah. So then there would, you know, when I became a wedding videographer, you do weddings there. Mm -hmm. And then I remember it as a bar where yeah, on the side, a lot of high school kids would go drink there. You would never get carded. And the teachers from the same school would be there knowing how old these kids were. Yes. And no one ever got busted. It'd be like the teachers and the students drinking together while the kids were 17. Yeah. And then I think the last time I ever went there was a bar. Somebody pulled a gun out. Yeah. And I was like, I went outside. My friend who I was with had left because somebody pulled a gun and it was kind of, yeah, I walked, walked back to the I'm apartment. pretty sure 
the food was left over from an Eddie Money concert because I don't know how many people ate there and said, I think I have food poisoning. Yeah. And then they had a ton of fruit flies on top of it, which is great when you DJ. You're trying to bring people in to a bar that nobody goes into. You set up all your equipment. The cool bartenders, let me tell you, awesome bartenders. I ended up making friends with a couple of them. As soon as the owners would leave, they'd be like, all right, you can turn your stuff off. I'm going <laughs> to lock the door. We're just going to watch Deadliest Catch for the next four hours and I get paid for it. Yeah. So that's perfect. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Eddie Money, he... Great singer, great voice, a lot of iconic songs. Unfortunate that he he could not parlay them into a lucrative career because if you were as old as Eddie Money was when he was playing places like McManamies and Mm -hmm. Rip Burnoffs, he should have had enough money to where he didn't have to do that. It It might have went up his nose. I don't know. So my number one is the iconic music video of 1982. No, it's not the two you're thinking of. Flock of Seagulls, I ran. Yeah. parentheses so far away once again you can't associate early mtv without this video it's literally a set camera in a room full of mirrors with the lead singer on a keyboard that's it yeah and the haircut ended up sweeping the globe whole band had the haircut the whole band had that weird flock of sea it's literally called the flock of seagulls haircut music video sucked yeah. ain't no sense that was flock of seagulls that was 1982 that was mtv my number one song got a big re- resurgence with Grand Theft Auto Vice City, which is the best Grand Theft Auto game that ever came out. They right. should do Vice City, too. They should. Jack and Eric can jump back in with all of their clothes on and Fraulein can yell at them. Everybody back in the pool. I'm going to take your clothes off and wash. All right. So this week's critical question, more of a critical discussion. We both said that this movie could probably not happen again. No, it could never, ever, ever happen again. I kind of disagree a little bit because in Trump's America. Yeah, it could. White chicks happened and reverse racism. Yeah. And nobody really said much. I mean, they do the the gender version of like swaps we've talked about, but like now to me, anything, any Richard Pryor role now would be played by Kevin Hart. Yeah. If like they were to make a new toy movie, you just put Kevin Hart there and they can make it work. But Kevin Hart, here's the thing about it. It would be an R rated movie and Kevin Hart would be like, what motherfucker? I ain't doing that. Yeah. No, I, I can see a movie where, you know, a kid wants to buy a person's company. They just have to remove all of the references and the clan stuff. But I think that they could do a movie where someone who's desperate for cash gets paid to be someone's toy for a week. But that would end up being a sexualized movie. Maybe, maybe starring Zac Efron. (laughs) I, I think you could, or what if you did the, the version where a, you know, a black kid buys a, a white man. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. If, nobody's really trying. I think cause they're probably walking on thin ice. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> I wouldn't know. There's no way in hell. Yeah. I don't it, care if Nora Ephron says I have an idea. You shut your fucking mouth. Nora it ain't happening. Yeah. It's, it is a touchy one for sure. Hey, and, I have an idea. Hey guys, <laughs> <laughs> the fear toy. Uh, speaking of, uh, of David McCall, uh, David, why don't we talk about some logic? It all could have been different. Mr. Walker should have allowed nature to take its course my first logic issue this is a slapstick movie but the scene where jack and eric go fishing and eric tells jack the pond or river lake whatever it is is full of piranha i gotta pull my boots up real high you know what do you mean 
Because the bullshit is getting thick. There are no piranha in there. I'm not kidding you. There are piranha in there. Piranha, South America can't live here. I'm not going in there, Jack. There are piranha in there. I will go in there because I. you put a whoopee cushion under me. No, you throw stuff under me. There's nothing here. Look. No piranha. Jack, I'm not kidding you. There are piranha in there. There are no your word again and jack keeps saying no you're full of shit i gotta get bigger shoes because the bullshit's deep there are no piranha in there yeah he says those are in south america no piranha so jack goes in the water walks i don't know 30 yards out yeah and then instantly fully clothed yeah fully clothed makes a face and then proceeds to do a jesus impression and (laughs) runs across the surface of the water spat camera sped up camera back out of the water he has about a million tiny little exact same size holes in his clothes you know from head to toe the piranha did not bite him nope just his clothes no blood no blood they just made a million tiny little holes in his clothes perfect circular holes in his clothes who would like hey man we're running short on time what can we do Let's have Jack and Eric go fish, and let's do something funny. Let's do well, Pritchard do, Pryor. Let's yak it up a little they bit. They do the sped up scene where... And they do it at the very end of the movie. Where Jack runs and climbs up the door. Yep. But again, With he's, the just, fireworks. he's just... Yeah, for the fireworks. But he's just running and climbing up a door. He literally runs across the surface of the water. Yeah. In this scene. It's it's just... Oh. It's too, too slapstick. It's, hey. it's over the top. There's no other example of something like that. A lot of logic issues. Jack and Eric finally, Eric decides, you know what? I'm going to go with Jack's idea. Let's start a paper. Yep. My daddy has a paper because fucking U.S. owns everything in Baton Rouge. Apparently he owns, if he was said, hey, let's be toilet paper guys. My daddy owns a toilet paper company. They decide to break into the the paper that his dad runs. Do you have a thief? Don't you know what's part of the black culture one parody. Come on, here, I'll grab this, take this. Take this. What? You know why? I've got the key. You got the key? If you had the key, why didn't you tell me you had the key? Because you didn't ask. I didn't. <laughs> Which is funny because Jack is sitting there with a crowbar trying to pry the door open. And he's doing the nervous thing with the crowbar. Yeah, and Eric says, I have the key. Like, let me see that. I have the key. Why didn't you tell me? Because you didn't ask. And the only smart thing that happened throughout this whole movie is a guy totally walks by him. These people are acting weird. He calls the cops. The only logical thing. However, somehow, Jack, who's been wanting to be in the paper for the longest time, and the whole reason why he's doing this is because he wants to work for the pay- $400 a week and a, and a job at the paper. That's all he ever wanted. He proceeds to, let's do this whole idea. Eric has no wish to ever do anything about newspapers. Somehow, Jack doesn't know how to mock up a newspaper. Eric does, which is weird because he's had no interest. Somehow, they're able to print 1,000 papers and I don't know if any of you are experienced or know anything about newspapers, probably the older school way. You had to make metal plates yeah. in order to print all these newspapers. Somehow they had all these metal plates made within the span of a couple hours. I don't know how they did it. Also, Kevin brought up, perfect point, newspapers run 24-7. This place was shut down. 
for yeah. the night. Closed. Yes. They get arrested, rightfully so. Eric proceeds to tell these cops all the story while Jack's in a holding cell with a weird guy, which we don't know why, but this guy, all he once he gets out, he asks for 10 bucks. I think this guy's a pervert. Eric proceeds to tell these guys that, you know, Jack, the guy he was with, put a knife into his gut and threatened to, threaten to kill him. So all these cops start to converge on the holding cell. Eric flips the switch, lights go out. These cops seem to just be keystone cops they don't know what's going on jack with the creepy guy proceeds to walk out of the jail cell and it's not that dark of room the cops could see everything they walk right out in front of a cop they break out of jail they were arrested for breaking and entering they break out of jail they go back to said paper collect 1,000 papers well, and then distribute all of them we in don't a day. see that happen they're printing, we don't see they're it. printing the papers they get arrested but then the next day they're passing out the papers yeah so they all thousand had to have went back for the break-in, which U.S. would have been notified because yep. he, the next day, they're like, sir, you got to see this. But wouldn't have somebody called him at two in the morning or whenever that was and been like, hey, somebody broke into the newspaper. And the fact that U.S. Bates has such clout, they would have found out that somebody broke into U.S. Bates's paper. Their pictures, at least Jack's picture anyways, would be all over the news, yeah. all over the paper, and then he'd be wanted for escaping jail. You know, all of that, and to me, the most far-fetched is probably just the newspaper printing process. Yeah. A nine-year-old boy and a guy who knows nothing <laughs> yeah. managed to make a paper layout, Yep. make the plates, run the printing process, and print. With just those two. Yes. No help. A thousand copies. They have to spool up the paper. Yep. And they managed to print a thousand copies of a paper, which they then hand out for free. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just crazy. It's madness. It makes no sense. I will say another logic point is this whole movie takes place in a week. It seems like six months. <laughs> Eric's home from military, military school. school. And for, it's for spring break for one week. Yep. He, the first day he's home, he goes to the department store cause he gets to pick out a new toy, which is where he picks out Jack. And then Jack lives there again. Jack leaves, goes home the one night. They offer him $10,000. To spend one week, it's it's a very indecent proposal. Very. They he offer him ten thousand dollars to spend a week with Eric. It just seems like so much. They print a paper. They do all this stuff. Eric, like the second day in the bathtub scene, he's like, "I love you, Jack." You don't love him. <laughs> no, it's again, it's the the whole idea of this 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 kid needs therapy big time because he tells a guy who he purchased. That he loves them. Yeah. For no other reason other than Jack talks to him. It drives me nuts, too, that we don't know about his mom. Yeah. We yeah. don't know about his mom. Right. I have one logic thing, but I guess it would also tie it into it. I totally forgot about it because I should have put it in my favorite scenes. It's how he met Fancy at the waitress thing. Yeah. The scene where they're at the dinner table, this really ornate ostentatious dinner table and fancy proceeds to say you know us came into a bar and i had these things on my titties they were propellers because it was an, an airplane themed bar meanwhile they do a one shot of richard Pryor barely holding on oh, he's, he's corpsing he's corpsing he's breaking and then when fancy said and then he gave me new hair and then he gave me new boobs and richard Pryor starts losing it then they go into the two shot where it's an over-the-shoulder of Eric looking at Richard Pryor, and then he goes, Fancy? What? What did your boobs black people wear? There is no way that those are fake boobs. No. Those things, as amazing as they possibly are. In 1982, are, breast implants 
I think had like ketchup in them because concrete in them. Yeah. They were like not natural. The, these and things were, f- they were very floppy. Yeah. I, they looked great. Don't get me wrong. I'd be happy to enjoy a pair of those flops, but those are not fake boobs. No. So logically the whole thing ties into the fact that fancy had bullshit bosoms. <laughs> They couldn't cast someone with fake boobs. Yeah, come on. It was 82. You had somebody. You got, Raquel Welch couldn't have been in this movie. What the hell? Gene Wilder. All right. With that, boobs. That's, uh, you got any more logic? No, that was it. All right. Stick around for some plugs. Once again, pool sceners, thank you for checking out the pod this week. Remember, if you want to know what's going on, any updates, any exciting things coming around the corner, check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Pool Scene Podcast, also at Pool Scene Pod on the Twitter. Also, if you want to drop us a line, send us an email at Pool Scene Podcast at gmail.com. Any movie ideas, we have some amazing movies coming up. If there's a movie you want us to cover, let us know. You're on the journey with us, and now back to Kevin. All right, didn't have any legacy for this one other than, eh, we kind of talked about it. It's racist as shit. It's it's very (laughs) racist and could not be made. So, again, thank you for getting us uh, a modest 100 follows on Instagram. We truly appreciate that. Yeah, we love you guys. Thank you. The next step of that process is to please reach out and we will also uh put something up on both on facebook and instagram asking which christmas movies you'd like us to talk about and we'll take the top eight put them on the wheel folks yeah i hope it's crazy i hope it's fucking just insane we got lucky last time we got billy jean which was a great movie to cover thank you sarah for that one yeah so Maybe this one will just be an off the rails. Maybe like what's the one with gold? What's the one with Goldberg? Santa Sleigh. It's one Santa Sleigh. Favorite movies. Krampus. Maybe Krampus gets on well, there. There's a lot of good ones. I I have a movie called Elves, which I really like. That's uh, a good one. I Black Christmas, Silent Night, Deadly Night, White Christmas. Those, you know. Which is different, but whatever. <laughs> I love White Christmas. Yeah, no, one of my no, favorites. No killing in White Christmas or curling. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't care. Horror, action, comedy animated we could do uh, frosty we could, we could do jack frost the horror one or the, the real- michael keaton vehicle yes yeah uh, i think because we hit another milestone i mean we're getting close to 1000 downloads on podbean and we're getting there on spotify and on apple podcasts we need to set another goal kevin we need to get the pool seniors and our lifeguards out there make sure you get a hold of us if you want to become a lifeguard we need to see if we can get to 1000 on all three platforms. All right, yeah, share with a friend. Yeah. You enjoy our podcast. Hashtag 1000, people. Tell Come on. Now, I will say the other thing that you and I have been talking about that we do need your pool seniors' help is we want to launch a merch store. Yes. So have some t shirts, hats, and we'll keep the details close to our chest, pardon the pun. But uh, we're trying to work on a merch deal for this podcast. And we, I typically would design a logo. I'm a little, I don't know if it's right, like the writer's block type thing, design block. I think it could be one thing where we could have like the the basic logo for a T. I'm thinking also maybe some of our favorite movies. Like if we did, for instance, the Silencia, the picture of David McCall in the keyhole, but Maybe not his face features, just an outline. Yeah. Because that's such a big thing for us is Silencia. Well, so maybe that's another Regardless, thing. maybe someone, and we could have multiple designs, but hopefully yeah. someone out there would like to design us 
a logo. Yes. We love audience participation. So if someone wants to design a logo, please reach out. Put it on stickers and stuff, yeah. pins, whatever. Yeah, you design the logo, we'll hook you up with some of that merch for free. Yeah, hell yeah. I think that'd be great. We need to... Let's expand this more. We're getting bigger. We're getting better, hopefully. And thanks to you guys, this has just become a fun thing that Kevin and I both do. We look forward to it every week we do it. And we've gotten great reviews. We've gotten great feedback. And we love you guys for just helping us out, man. It means a lot. We've got a few episodes left in this season. Um, in two weeks, we will do the Christmas special. Probably to be released somewhere around Christmas Eve, Christmas mm-hmm. Day, I would imagine. Yes. And... Next week, I don't really don't know what we're doing, and yeah. uh, but a few more episodes this season. Christmas special will be a standalone episode, and uh, yeah. So until next week, Silencia. Silencia.